blessed? Yes, indeed, we proclaim victory this evening in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If there is anyone that is sick, we proclaim healing. If there is anyone discouraged, we proclaim encouragement. Hallelujah. Whatever you need this evening, we proclaim. Amen. God bless you richly. Now, as we turn to the book of Exodus, the chapter will be chapter 4, verse 2. There's a saying that says, when you carry the Bible, the devil gets a headache. When you open it, he collapses. When he sees you reading it, he faints. When he sees you leaving it, he flees away. Hallelujah. Amen. But it starts with carrying the Bible. Amen. The Lord said unto him, What is it that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Amen. And this evening the Lord is asking, What is in your hand? With Moses it was a rod. Hallelujah. I don't know with you this evening what is in your hand, but shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, you made it possible for us to come here so that we can come and worship you, dear God. There is no God like thee. We want to thank you for the songs of Zion that have already been sung unto you, dear God. You deserve all the praises. There is no God like you. Lord, if there is any person in the building that is sick, may the power of the Holy Spirit be unleashed upon the church this evening that there should not be any disease that can stand in your presence. If there is anyone that may be experiencing a spiritual fatigue, there is so much power to re-energize the believer this evening. And I just want to commit everything to you, Father. And Lord, if there is any demon that may have caused her havoc or that may have disrupted the programs of your children, we are standing here under a restorative ministry to make sure that whatever has been misaligned is brought back in alignment in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May every man and woman that is in the building tonight When they leave this place, may they leave this place as victors. May they leave this place as people that are encouraged. May they be better positioned for the battle when they live here. And Lord, may they be an agent of change wherever they go, dear God. May they be such a spiritual revolution that will take place, dear God, with the people realizing who they are and confronting the devil and his kingdom and claiming whatever they may have taken from them. Dear God, we cannot fold our arms in this hour. As it was said to Esther, you were born for such a day as this. And I believe these men and women were born for the day such as this. You would have never allowed them to come and live in this end time unless they were capacitated to be the right people to live in this time. We are not afraid of anything. We are not afraid even of the devil. We are not afraid even of death. 
because we know that greater is he that is in us than the one that is out there. And we want to commit every man and woman this evening to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Amen. Amen. I just want to take a couple of minutes and speak on what is in thy in thine hand, what is in your hand. Amen. That is the question that was posed to Moses, and I think we have had and had the privilege to hear about the rod of Moses and what it represents to a believer. But then Brother Crosby, when he was around, he did justice to that, and he just flew out of the country yesterday. Amen. He had to go to Zimbabwe and preach for Pastor Chisindi, but now he's, he's in transit back to England. He should be there around 8 o'clock tonight. Amen. May God grant them the traveling mercy. Amen. Now, what is in your hand? Moses said, a rod. This rod that was in Moses' hand, it was an ordinary rod. It, there was nothing spectacular about it. Uh, I, I'm persuaded to believe maybe it may not have been the very first rod that Moses owned. It, he might have had several rods that he might have used in his life, but for some reason on this specific day, when he had this divine encounter with the Almighty God, he had a rod in his hand. Amen. And then that is why he gave God an answer, I have a rod. And this evening I want to say, what is in your hand? Hallelujah. How many believe that God sometimes uses these simple things to achieve greatness? Hallelujah. Uh, God is not, a, normally he doesn't take something great and achieve greatness through something that is great because it will, not, it will not have an element of paradox. But he wants to use something that is despised. And he, by making use of that, he achieved greatness so that it can be seen that it was God behind that. Are we together? Now, and the, my, my desire as I will be moving right along with this message, I want to say to you, do, don't give up. Hallelujah. Don't quit. Amen. Hang on and hold on until they, there is a light, as they say, there is, a, there is the light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. And a lot of times, when you go through a trial, you must remember that the same Shekinah glory that you experienced before the trial is the same Shekinah glory that you will experience after the trial. But in between, you may not experience so much of the presence of God. The voice of God may not be audible to you, but all you've got, you just have the faith that the same one that I was with before I went through the trial 
is the same one that I'll meet on the other side of the trial. Amen. So I'm simply saying, in between, do not give up. Are we together? And in between, there's a lot of uncertainty. In between, uh, the ride may be quite bumpy, but you've got to just, uh, by faith, keep on moving forward. Are we together? And which brings me to, to the quotation that Brother Brenham in the message as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Paragraph 35, Brother Brenham says, For any soldier of the cross, any, any good soldier is apt to get wounded and hurt. You cannot be so a soldier without the possibility of being hurt and being wounded. It, it comes with the terrain, folks. Are we together? Uh, and it says, but if he's still a soldier and has got a purpose and something to fight for, he will rise and try again. Hallelujah. I don't know whether does it uh, strike a chord with you. If he is a soldier and has got a purpose and something to fight for, he will rise and try again. Any soldier of the cross will do the same thing. That means any soldier of the cross, they are not in the business of giving up. Hallelujah. If they fall, they rise again and again and again. Are we together? And I've always said in this church, we don't count how many times the soldier falls. We count how many times they rise. It is in the rising that we look at, not in the falling. Are we together? But when you fall, a real soldier will not rest on his belly. He's got to somewhat to rise again. Hallelujah. And I believe I'm speaking to the soldiers this evening. Brother Brenham says in the, another message, just to support this point, faith once delivered to the saints, he says, I've got lots of respects for a man when he does a mistake. He's got courage enough to rise and try again. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I personally have got such a respect for such a man. When a man has made a mistake, he doesn't take that mistake and make it a permanent mark in their life, but they've got the, something, a, an unction in them to rise and try again. It says he's got the courage enough to rise and try again. We, we are all going to make mistakes. The best makes mistakes. But a soldier is not one who will lay down when he's knocked down, but will raise up again. And he say we used to sing a little song, let me rise and try again. I like that. For I've made many mistakes in my life as we all have, but I've always been thankful to God for grace to let me rise and try again. How many are thankful that there were times when you were laying low, but there was something, there was a search of energy that was able to make you to rise and try again. And I think today we are in church because many of us, we made mistakes, but there was something in us that made us to rise and try again. And I'm saying the devil, I don't know what lies ahead on the journey called life, but whatever comes, make sure, and I know for sure, if I get knocked down, I will not relax there. I will rise and try again. 
if my master comes, he will find me trying and trying again and again and again. Are we together? Hey, folks, don't give up. Don't give up. We are about to cross the, cross the finishing line. This is the most sublime time in the history of humankind. We are about to be crowned. Hallelujah. We are about to attend a prize-giving ceremony where the crowns are there with our names written. So this is not a time for you to quit. This is not a time for you to stop. And I say, if you've got to crawl over the finishing line, let it be. Let it be. What matters is that you crossed over. Are we together? Amen. I hope, I hope you get encouraged by that. Now, Brother Brenham, this is the quotation. It really blessed me uh, so much last night when I was going through my notes. In the message, the key to the door, paragraph 47. He was actually speaking about uh, uh, this gentleman called... Uh, 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 I'll get his name here. Uh, Disney. Mr. Disney. Walt Disney. He says, not many years ago, there was a man that, uh, that he believed that he had a talent to write uh, comic strips. He believed he held the key in his hand. He lived in Kansas. He went to the editor of the great paper in Kansas City and took some of his writings in. And the editor said, Say, you, just, you just haven't got it in you. You, there is no need of trying. You can't do it. But that didn't satisfy him. He knew he had it. He went back again and again, trying, but the editor would turn him down. And finally, he went to other places. They turned him down saying, Mister, you just haven't got it. You can't do it. But yet he believed he could do it. That's the way he's got something in his hand. Remember, he's got something in his hand. Finally, he got the job of writing some little script, I believe the editorial or something for a church, some sort of a little comic strip for the church. He rented himself a little uh, mice-infested garage where the mice were running all up and down and in his sheets, and he got to noticing a peculiarity of a certain little mouse. That is where the story of Mickey Mouse was born. Now, it's a multimillionaire Walt Disney. Why? He had something in his hand. He knew he held it. He knew he could do it. That's the way every great achievement is made. When men and women have something in their hand that they know they can do it. With Moses, it was a rod. Hallelujah. With David, it was a slingshot. Hallelujah. Uh, with Samson, it was the jaw of a donkey. But they had something in their hand that they were willing to use for the betterment of the kingdom of God. And I'm saying this evening, what is in your hand? And whatever you have in your hand, take it and hit the David with it and move forward. Hallelujah. I mean, when you look at the rod of Moses, you would have never known that such a rod could bring such a great empire of the time called Pharaoh under subjection. Hallelujah. We did not know that the rod of Moses had the power to change the water into blood. 
We did not know that it had the power to call the frogs upon the land. We did not know that it had the power to cause fleas upon the land. But uh, that power, that rod, when it was in Moses' hand, when it had a divine encounter, something that was insignificant, broke the bondage. Hallelujah. A 400-year bondage because it was in the right hand. Hallelujah. This evening, I don't know what is in your hand. Some of you, certain things that are in your hand, you might undermine them, but it may be the very thing that God will use to shake the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. This is not a time to look down on yourself. There is something that you possess that hell is afraid of. If that was not the case, the devil would not be attacking you. Hallelujah. Are you with me this evening? Brother Brenham says in the message, perfect strength by perfect weaknesses. He says, paragraph 42, we try to make our weaknesses excuses. We try to make our weaknesses excuses. We want to tell, we want to tell how big we are or how great we are. I think that's one of the things that God gave me a text for was to get that out of our mind. There's the little things that we do. And that's what we come to church for, is to find out where our faults are and the things that we might better ourselves by. If we come to church for any other objective than this, I'm afraid we won't get much out of coming to church. So that means as you are here, the, the most important thing why you are here you are here so that there could be an introspection. You are here so that God can search your heart. You are here to check where, where have I faltered so that you can regain the balance and continue with the journey. And it says if we are here for any other objective other than that, then our coming here is in vain. Hallelujah. That is why when we preach, never delegate a sermon. Don't say that element, ah, I know that one is speak to the one sitting next to you. From the beginning, right to the end, every word that I'm speaking, I'm speaking directly to you. Don't push it to the next person. It is about you. We are here to talk about you. We are here to venture into your life. We are here to search your life. If something is not right, we are prepared to take it by the authority of the word of God. So that when you live here, you are in a much better position. You are not here for your husband. You are not here for your wife. You are here for yourself. You are not here for your children. You are here for yourself. And every way, if I was you, I will say from the beginning right to the end, God speak to me. It is for me this sermon. What makes a sermon not to be effective is because certain things when they are spoken, people say, I know that one it refers to so and so. That one is not for, meant for me. That one is meant for those that just, just recently came into the message. No, sir. The entire sermon, from right when I greeted you to the right until when I say I'm living here, it is meant for you individually. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, the things that we might better ourselves by, if we come to church for any other objective than this, I'm afraid we won't get too much out of coming to church. We must come to find our weaknesses. Yes. 
find our bad places and see how little we are and put our trust in somebody that's strong. There are so many of us like to testify or like to think we are insufficient. Therefore, we make that an excuse. I have no education. I have no ability. I'm unable to do this. If you keep that up and do that in that way and keep going like that, then you can't amount to anything. But the very thing that you make excuse by weaknesses, God uses the very thing to tackle the job with. Hallelujah. The reason God is looking for your weaknesses is not because he wants to bring you down, but he wants to take the very weakness and turn it into a strength. Hallelujah. The reason God is searching for your fault is not so that he can embarrass you, but anything that you want to use as an excuse, God can take the very thing and with it, he can do a great job. Hallelujah. Moses, his, his problem was the speech. But with that broken speech is the very way mouth that uttered to Pharaoh, let my people go. Do you want to tell me there were not other people that were eloquent that could have spoken to Pharaoh? There were people that had the decorum. There were people that had the etiquette to confront Pharaoh. But God, among within his economy, he picked up a man that was a stammerer. And said, you are the one that will go to Egypt. You are the one that will go to the palace. You are the one that will confront the empire of the time. I don't care how many times you say, let, 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 let my people go, go. But you are the one that will do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Moses went there and began to stammer. But I tell you, behind the stammering, it was the almighty God. Only Pharaoh knew what was behind the stammering. And this evening I want to say, I don't know how you are. You may consider yourself insufficient. But behind the insufficiency, behind the imperfection, behind the weakness, behind the fall, there is a genuine call of God. And that is why you are here. Only the devil can know what is behind you. Oh, folks, we are not ordinary believers. When Rebecca, you remember the relatives of Rebecca. When they said, let us call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they came and they said, shall you go with this man? And Rebecca said, yes, I shall go with this man. And the relatives prophesied and said, Rebecca, you thou, thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions. And the words were spoken to that young woman. And the word went further. The prophets went further. Let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. I don't know. It was not the relatives of Rebecca that spoke. But it is because God used the anointed their lips to bring a prophecy. Hallelujah. And that prophecy has never stopped. Hallelujah. That prophecy never stopped, folks. When the Israelites met the Egyptians, that prophecy was still standing. Let thy seed possess the gates of thy enemies. Hallelujah. When Joshua was fighting the giant, that prophecy was still standing. Let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. When David confronted Goliath, that prophecy was still standing. Let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. But this was just spoken by the relatives that were not even believers. Hallelujah. 
But every person that prophecy was connected to, no matter where they found themselves, whatever the opposition may be there, the prophecy was so powerful that it was able to subdue the kingdoms. And I'm saying, you, spiritually speaking, you are the relatives of Rebecca. And you were in the same position where Rebecca was. Because Rebecca, it was inquired, will you go with this man? He, she did not know the man. In the end time, there was a damsel, which is called the bride of Jesus Christ. She came across, among the denominations and they asked, will you go with this man? And they said, yes, we shall go with this man. And the prophecy is coming back again. Let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. I don't care where you go, my brother. You were made to subdue kingdoms. You were made to bring demons under your subjection. You may be feeling down. I don't care. There is a prophecy behind your life. I don't know how David felt on that day when he confronted Goliath. Maybe it was a bad day. Hallelujah. But God did not care about the mood of David. There was a prophecy behind him. And it says, why do you allow this uncircumcised Philistine to curse the army of the living God? Hallelujah. He had something in his hand. Hallelujah. It was not an AK-47. It was not the best weapon for the time. It was just a shepherd's slingshot. Hallelujah. But I am telling you, when a divinely appointed person finds themselves in a divinely appointed hour, with a divinely God, there is something that is definitely going to happen. David was at the right time, at the right place, with the right equipment, with the right God. And Goliath had to come down. I don't know, maybe this service, it may be a Wednesday service, it may be an ordinary service, but it may be the right time for the right person, for the right season for the right attitude, for the right result, under the atmosphere of the right God. And something can take place. How many believe that? I hope you are here. Our weaknesses is an asset in God's great economy. I don't care how weak you are. It is your weakness that God wants to show his strength. Hallelujah. That's why I bring my weaknesses before him. I say when I'm weak, then that's when I'm strong. Hallelujah. 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 When I'm down, that's when I'm up. This is an oxymoron, folks. Hallelujah. And it says some of you say I don't have education. Who cares? Who cares? I don't have the ability. Who cares? I'm unable. Who cares? Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Brenham says, find me a farmer. Find me a housewife. Hallelujah. Who is aligned with the will of God? I will show you what God can do in a person. Hallelujah. And I'm saying those people are here. If it is not us, who? 
If it is not now, when? Hallelujah. Folks, Brother Branham says, Moses, he learned. He learned human weakness real good. He learned it so well till when God called him, he had seven weaknesses that he could argue against God's call. Did you ever study in the Exodus seven weaknesses? Brother Brenham says, the first weakness he had was the lack of a message. What will I tell them? What will I tell Pharaoh? Brother Brenham says the first thing, he lacked a message. The second thing he had, he lacked, was lack of authority. Remember, he was a fugitive, running away from the regime. What authority do you have as a fugitive to confront the very regime that is looking to lock you up for a felony? The third thing that he lacked, he lacked the eloquence. He was not the type of person that you could usher into the presence of a, a mighty uh, 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 empire like Pharaoh to speak to Pharaoh face to face. He lacked the eloquence. The fourth thing that he lacked was the, Brother Brum calls it the adoption. He, he was not adaptable. So that means as much as you could, you know there are certain people, if you know that they are going to meet the king, you can take them through maybe an etiquette training and say when you approach the king, this is how you need to walk, this is how you need to address them. You don't say mister, you say his excellency. You, you get what I mean? Moses, even if you could have taken through him the training, he was unadaptable. He could not adapt. The first thing that he lacked, Brother Brum calls it, he says, success. There was nothing, there was no track record about Moses. All we know, he was raised because of mistaken identity and because of fraudulent activity. He was raised in Pharaoh's house and later he married a person and off he went as a fugitive. He had no desirable track record. The sixth thing that he lacked, Brother Brenham says, was an exception. There was nothing exceptional about Moses. Here's a man that just had a, a rod. All-looking man, uh, not, nothing that you could say about him. Are we together? And, and when he met God, he advanced those reasons to the fore and said, listen, God, you know on the basis of these things, I cannot go. I am the wrong person that you can send to Pharaoh. And God said, that is not a problem, but what you have in your hand. And he says, I have got a rod. That's the only thing that he had. And it says he just put it down on the, cast it down on the ground, and he cast it down on the ground, and a rod turned into a serpent, 
and Moses was there and he was awed by this transformation of a simple rod into a serpent. And God said, pick it up. And I am told that a, a, a snake is more dangerous when you approach it from the back. You know that. But God says, go and grab it by the tail. God will not make things easier for you. Right that area that you are avoiding is the very area God will say, that's where we need to go. That's where we need to confront. Hallelujah. And Brother Brenham, well, I can slot it in. Brother Brenham says God will not do anything with a coward. God does not deal with cowards. He, 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 he detests cowards. He wants brave people. He says, grab it by the tail. He grabbed it by the tail. It turned back into a rod. And says, now, Moses, uh, you are ready to go. And he said to put your arm under your armpit. He put the arm there. It turned into, it became, lepro- it had lep- leprosy. He put it back, then the leprosy disappeared. And he says, now, now we are ready, Moses. Now we are ready to go down to Egypt to go and set my people free. And Moses, an eight-year-old man with a rod, was on his way down to Egypt. One man invention. Hallelujah. And if we dramatize it on that day, it must have been, uh, maybe, maybe there was a, you know, there's, when you've got a, a king such as Pharaoh, there are bilateral relations. Maybe there were other kings that were there on that day. And they came in and they had the decorum, they had the entourage, they had the demeanor, they had the etiquette of, of royalty. And they moved there and they were allowed. And here comes a man, eight year old, with just a rod, no entourage. And he says, can I see Pharaoh? And they looked at him in a very funny way. Hallelujah. And God just moved upon whoever was there to allow him to go in. And he stood there and Pharaoh wanted to know from which kingdom did you come from? Because some were coming from Ethiopia. Those were with the dynasties during that time. And Moses stood there and said, I'm here from the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we looked at him, I remember, I think his coat must be, it must have looked worn out. When you looked at the rod, it must have looked very neglected. There was nothing exceptional about him. There was no adaption about Moses. There was no eloquence about Moses. Uh, but when he stood there, then he began to say, let my people go. Pharaoh said, uh, this is a joke. And right there, Moses uh, dropped the rod down there and he turned into a serpent and began to move. And he says, wait a minute, where is Janice and Jambres? And they came, they as well threw their rods there, and those who are not rubber serpents, they as well moved. And Moses, as we heard Brother Crosby explaining, God did not tell Moses what was going to happen, but all of a sudden right there, that, rod, that serpent of Moses began to swallow the first serpent. I can see Pharaoh's eye popping out. Hallelujah. It swallowed the second one. And Moses picked it up, it turned into a rod. 
So that means one rod became three in one. Hallelujah. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wherever it goes, it will swallow other gospel. I don't care. Brother Bram says God likes the showdown. This message, you can take it anywhere, my brother. Brother Brenham says God will pack up this message. Do you know that he says, even if a hypocrite can profess about this message, he says God will pack up that hypocrite. Because it's not about hypocrite, it's God's reputation that is at stake. And this evening is not your reputation that is at stake, it's God's reputation that is at stake. And I'm saying, God, I've testified about you. I've preached about you. There's a lot that i said about you. If I go down, we go down together. Not after so many years that I testify. It is in your interest to preserve me. What will the people say? You remember that's exactly the argument of Moses to him. He says, if you destroy them, what will the people say? If you leave us alone, God, what will the people say? If you move the power of the message, what will the people say? And God realizes that, no, I cannot. This is, we are into it for a long haul. That rod, as we had, it caused a plague after a plague. Until Pharaoh bowed down and says, Moses' God is God. They moved out of Egypt all the way until they approached the Red Sea and God hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he felt that, no, I had made that decision prematurely. Let me go after them went after them. Right there, they came where the Red Sea was in the front and Pharaoh's army was coming. So that means they were in between two problems. One in front, one at the back. And as they were in the front, what did they have? All they had was the rod. And when they stood there, Moses cried until God said, why do you cry? Speak the word. Moses took the rod and pointed to the rod at the Red Sea and the waters parted. Stay with me here. The problem that was in the front swallowed the problem that was at the back. I don't know, I don't know, maybe you feel like a sandwich. Maybe you're caught up between two problems. I don't care. All I'm asking, what is in your hand? Whatever you have in your hand, if it can be activated by God, the problem in the front will solve the problem behind. Are we together? David, Ruth, what she had in her hand was a grain lint from the field. David had a slingshot. What about the young boy that came to the service on that day, the service of Jesus, and he had bread and fish? 
did not know, just thought that the service might be longer today. I need fish and bread so that if I get hungry, I may eat. Little did the boy know that what he had in his hand was going to feed 5,000 people when it had an encounter with the Messiah. Do you get what I mean? What about the woman with the alabaster box? Anointed the feet of Jesus. Are we together? And whatever we have in our hands, when we release it, he's ready to anoint it and use it for his kingdom. God bless you, Rachel. As we stand to our feet, for some reason, I normally have songs that normally resonate with me. When a song resonates with me, it becomes difficult for me to leave my lips until the new song comes along. I think the song that we depend on the power from above, it has been such an awesome song in the last couple of days. Amen. So allow me to stick with it until another one comes along. Here we stand. We proclaim victory in his name. Victory in the blood of the Lamb. Maybe this evening you don't have anything in your hand. We remember you in prayer. Amen. God bless. Oh Lord, our God and our great eternal Father, we are truly grateful, Lord, for your grace and your mercy that's upon Thank us, O oh Lord. Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, that we can realize straight from the Garden of Eden, O oh Lord, that serpent was crushed, O oh Lord God. And we're grateful, Lord, that that same rod, Lord, that crushed that, Lord, that's moved right through the ages, our oh Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, you even said it is written, even as Satan said the things that he said, but you said it is written. And, oh, Lord God, we're grateful, Lord, that we can stand on that promise, our oh Lord God, that we are overcomers, our oh Lord. Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, that you have made the path for us, our oh Lord. Lord, although we can look back in hindsight, our Lord, and just see your hand that's been upon us, our Lord God. And you who started the work in us, Lord, you are obligated to finish that work for us, our Lord. And we're grateful, Lord, just as our pastor has preached, our Lord, no matter what state we are, when we cross over, Lord, as long as we can cross over, Lord. And we're grateful, Lord, the wounds that that we've had, Lord, Lord, all in a molding process, O Lord God, molding us and shaping us to a statue of a perfect man, O Lord. And we will be there, O Lord. We're grateful, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your goodness, O Lord. Lord, we can just say thank you, Lord, for your mighty grace and your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you may go with us further now, Lord. Be the after speaker, Lord God. That we may go home, Lord, thinking about these things and just praising you and just to press on as we've been heard, oh Lord. Do not stop. Do not sit down. If you fall, do not stay in that yes, position. But to get up and walk further yes. and just to fight the battle, oh God. We thank you, Lord, this night. And may thy will be done further, Lord. We think of those that need you, Lord God. We think of the parents, Lord, that have got their children or maybe yes. gone wayward, oh Lord. Every one of us, oh Lord, if it's not our own personal uh, family, maybe our cousins, or maybe some one of them, Lord, that need you, our Lord yes. God. Oh Lord, we may just use that rod, our Lord God. Sick. That rod, Lord, that you've given us, our Lord. 
Lord, in our weakness, we feel, might feel weak at this time, oh Lord, that has maybe happened in our families, Lord. But in that weakness, Lord, we'll make us stronger, Lord God. Help us, every one of us, oh Lord. We may look forward and just press the battle, oh Lord, because right in front of us, oh Lord, the finishing line is here, Lord yes. God. And no matter how we get over, you'll push us over, Lord God. We know, oh Lord God. May thy will be done, Lord. And we thank you once again for your grace and your mercy. Amen. Amen. Just say beautiful land, beautiful land, and thereafter you'll be dismissed in Jesus' name till we see you on Sunday. Have a blessed week of what remains of it. Amen. I'm kind of homesick. How many homesick people do we have in the building?